Dreams are often our unconscious way of working through some difficulty, even as we sleep. What would it be like to invite Christ into that dream? The lines between memory, dream, and prayer are not always evident, and, sitting there on the seashore, all three have a way of coming together. Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on May 5th for the third Sunday of Easter, 11 a.m. Mass at St. Patrick Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. Dreams are often a funny thing. I'm talking here about actual dreams, the kind uh, where you wake up uh, having uh, put perhaps some oddities together in your sleep. Uh, there's the other type of dream that I began uh, Mass with, the, the hope, the expectation, perhaps, of striking it big uh, at the Kentucky Derby. If you did, uh, we also have the dream of building a new gym, so <laughs> put two and two together. Your dream becomes our dream. But not, uh, not those kind of hopes and expectations, but the actual kind of uh, the, 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 what occurs as you sleep. Um, Sometimes these dreams don't really make any sense. Sometimes they're just random bits that our brains put together, some neurological connection that we'll never quite understand why that is linked with that uh, in our subconscious. For example, waking up this morning in a cold sweat, uh, dreaming of uh, Deacon Greg racing in the Kentucky Derby on a Velociraptor. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> so not quite that kind of dream. <laughs> not that kind of dream. Um, to, to look too much into those kind of dreams, that's kind of actually what we call Gnosticism, which is looking for a secret knowledge where uh, knowledge isn't kind of uh, presented uh, as, as reality. So, um, but more of the dreams that kind of uh, take us to a place where we've been trying uh, to figure something out. It has been said, you know, sleep on it. Have a big decision, have a difficulty in your life sometimes. We just, just go and sleep on it. Our brains have a way of, of connecting things, of solving problems, of coming up with solutions that maybe we weren't aware of as we sleep. So dreams in this way can, can be kind of productive. We can find new insight. And I am personally uh, fascinated with the way in which uh, memory and prayer and dreams can all kind of intermingle in a way that it's really difficult to say where one begins and the other ends. Memory, dreams, and prayer. Our Lord communicates through dreams. Maybe not all of the time, certainly not every single dream, but we know in Scripture, the prophet Daniel, for instance, he certainly had dreams that were communications from God. Many of the prophets, the adopted father of Jesus himself, an angel came to him in his dream. Uh, Peter, it, who we encounter in our gospel on this shoreline, uh, himself has a dream in the Acts of the Apostles where a, a sheet, a tablecloth, descends from heaven and on it are all of the many things that he's not supposed to eat as a good faithful Jew and he hears the voice take and, and eat and his dream leads him to recognize that they as disciples of Jesus Christ are called to move beyond uh, these, uh, these Jewish regulatory uh, laws. So Peter himself is, is known to, to see within his dreams 
communication from God. And before you call the bishop, so don't call the bishop just yet, because I'm not saying that our gospel today is a dream. I do believe that they actually encountered Jesus on the shore of, the, of Lake Tiberias. But it has many aspects that feel like a dream. So they're on the shoreline, which itself is a literary function for the in-between space. They're in between land and the sea. They're kind of in that mixture right there. There's going fishing, the memories of how they would have before their life of following Christ, gone fishing. Peter even says, you know what? I don't know what else to do. I'm going fishing. And so they, they go and get in the boat. Uh, there's this charcoal fire, a uh, reminiscent of that fire in the courthouse of the high priest where Peter denied knowing Jesus. There's the bread and the fish, reminiscent of the feeding of the 5,000. There's so many little details in this story that it's hard not to kind of imagine it in this hazy, dreamlike reality. And in fact, especially given the reality that Peter refers to a dream later on, I find it hard to believe that Peter would not have had nightmares, perhaps, of his denial of Jesus Christ, nightmares of what he thought the crucifixion would have been like because he was too scared to be there. These nightmares may have haunted him for the rest of his life, but also to have this memory, this dream-like uh, prayer of returning time and again to the shore of Lake Tiberias, where Jesus essentially frees him from that guilt. The number of times that Peter denied Christ is the number of times that Peter is asked by Christ, do you love me? An opportunity for him to make up for his earlier betrayal. I am certain that Peter would have returned to this mixture of memory and prayer and dream time and again as he ministered, as he, he went about his life of being an apostle, of being a missionary for Jesus. And so it's an opportunity, I think, to ask ourselves what it would be like for us to invite Jesus into our dreams, into our imaginative prayer. Now, it's not something that we can make happen, but I believe it's something that we can invite, especially if we have help. Another little aspect of this scene on the, the shoreline is that Peter needed the help of John, the beloved disciple, to recognize Christ there on the shoreline. So perhaps, with the help of one another, uh, the help of spiritual reading, we can invite Christ into our dreams, into our prayer in that way. It's a way in which we can take whatever it is that weighs on our hearts. That grief, that fear, that anxiety, whatever it is that plagues our nightmares, we can bring that, invite Christ into our prayer, our dream, our memory, wherever that line is, and find Christ asking us to follow him, to love him, to answer his call. There are many different kinds of griefs, pains, anxieties that anyone could bring to this kind of prayer. 
But I want to suggest three in particular. And why I do so is because we don't like to talk about them. We simply don't like to talk about these three particular pains. And you might here in a moment say, Father, that doesn't speak to me at all. None of those areas that you are mentioning affect me. My sisters and brothers, if you open your eyes, open your heart, you know someone who these three particular, any of these three particular areas affect. Not a single person in this room is free of knowing someone. Maybe you don't even know it. You probably don't. But all of us know someone who is plagued by these three nightmares. One is the grief of a miscarriage. Especially for a woman who hasn't even begun to show yet. The world, in its ways, disregards the life, the humanity of that child anyway. How is that woman and family, the father as well, able to grieve the loss of this child when so many would tell them it doesn't matter but it does many people grieve this loss another grief another nightmare that individuals face on a regular basis is the difficulty of conceiving infertility and difficulty in that area an unspoken grief a concern that weighs on so many people's hearts and third, and, and in the same kind of vein, the reality that there are people in our lives who have experienced the difficulty, the uncertainty, the pain, the grief of abortion. The lingering effects of having been pulled into making that decision. That kind of grief, that kind of mourning, is something that the world just shuts up. Don't talk about it. Don't bring it up. Just leave it alone. These areas of our life affect so many of us. Affect so very many of us. And I invite you, especially those who are sitting here who can personally connect with one of those three difficulties, those three nightmares, to sit to invite the Lord Jesus at the Sea of Tiberias perhaps cooking on a charcoal fire. Invite him into that reality. Do we have the courage? If you have one of those griefs, or if it's some other difficulty in your life, do we have the courage to, to invite our Lord into that, to sit with him on the shoreline, to sit with him in that space between memory and prayer and dream, and encounter him there? Do you have the courage to dream with Jesus Christ? I pray that you do. I hope you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.